I hurt myself today to see and uh indeed we're all here episode 19 for uh of tell me where to turn and Tommy's on the phone and are you are you going to be okay little buddy I'm doing the show yeah I'm doing the show under protest you going to make it through the night I don't know how I don't know how we're going to be able to continue on Arlington was not a was not as special of a place to be as we thought it would no and you were at the game today yes I was I was at the game and let me tell you it was awesome for all of about 15 minutes and then the mood changed drastically but it was actually it was actually fantastic being in the house man i i uh i loved it i mean the place was packed everybody's in a jersey everybody leading up to the game was amped up i could not i lost count of the number of homemade bootleg shirts that had some type of odor bautista punch scenario on it <laughs> the signs i mean everybody was there i mean that place was ready to get right. lit. just one little ingredient of getting lit was missing uh getting down 10 to nothing was that a problem yeah 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 and uh when i go through my five key plays here in a minute uh i can detail it for you exactly how that happened well i did not see any of the game because some of us had to actually work today to make our literally thousands of dollars per year. And I listened to some of the broadcast on the radio, but once it was like five to nothing, I, I tuned out and I then attended a uh, work happy hour and uh, didn't. Next thing I knew, it was uh, 10 to nothing and we were done. It was 10 to nothing and you were trying to drive to McKinney in five minutes? Uh, usually five to 10 is usually our estimated uh, time of travel from, from Dallas to McKinney. Well, I made the mistake of, well, not the mistake, but I, I made the ambitious plan of trying to work today and go to the mm. game. Um, going to not name any names, but the place that I'm currently employed uh, is actually not terribly far away from the ballpark. So this is not not a entirely preposterous plan, but... The one thing I didn't account for is, um, and I think we're going to talk about this a little later in the show, I'm actually taking vacation uh, to go to the ACL Festival this well, weekend. a little so vacation. Thursday, game one. Get the vacation started a little mm-hmm. early. I uh, maybe didn't plan uh, things out quite good enough as far as getting my work schedule managed real well. So, you know, I got there a little early this morning and in uh, pretty much – had made the decision that I was going to leave to head over to the stadium about two thirty uh, for a three thirty eight first pitch, uh, and and never had a moment the whole morning to to uh, to even think about get excited about the game or anything. It was just one meeting after another, trying to get uh, things at least squared away enough to leave town. So um, had a friend the go to the game with me, someone very well known to you because we just went on a baseball trip with him about three weeks ago okay uh he's he uh offered to pick me up and uh he's things are going pretty well for him i'd say uh picked me up in his ninety thousand dollar suv wow and uh we made the short trek over to the ballpark so as you can imagine uh let me stop here have you you've been to playoff games there so 
you kind of understand the difference between playoff crowd, opening day crowd, and spare Saturday night or Friday night and Saturday crowd. Yeah, I mean, something is definitely on the line. This is not, you know, this isn't a home game against the Twins in the middle of June. I mean, this is... Well, yeah, and I was actually I was actually just talking more about the just the volume of the crowd, the, uh, the, the number yeah. of people that are trying to get into Globe Life. Yeah, and that's totally different when it's 50,000 versus, you know, 28. Yeah, so a little, you know, a little, little different getting over there. Uh, so I had uh, a back road strategy that I've successfully used in the past that actually got us really close to the field. Well, the problem was we had no idea where we were going to park. And looks like surge pricing might have been in effect for some of the parking lots. Oh, no. Just leave it at that. But there might have been tape over the normal price uh, with a hastily handwritten new price on top of it. Yeah. So, but again, like I said, this guy's doing pretty well. Money literally means nothing to me. So we'd already made the decision like, hey, the, f- the closest parking lot we can find that takes cash, we're doing it. We even talked about trying to pull into one of the season ticket lots and just see if we could buy our way in there. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not in a mood to screw around here. Maybe just park like right on top of third base. <laughs> just pull it, pull her out on third. Yeah, you can't park here. Uh, that's fine. Just tow it. Oh. Well, anyways, uh, we, we were originally trying to valet, but of course that was full. And uh, despite the fact that he has a very expensive car, it was not the make needed uh the lexus make needed to get into the valet when it's full so we proceeded along the front of the stadium when we come down the other side do you know i think you're gonna know where i'm talking about where the media parks yeah i got you you know exactly where i'm at so we're sitting right there well we're barely moving and there's we were kind of trying to to see about moving over one lane or moving over one lane to the right and there's a guy uh, draped in a Canadian flag, literally blocking us from getting over there. So we were making some snide comments about the Blue Jays fans. Well, we look up and there's a guy coming the other way, driving the exact same luxury SUV that we were in. Was and he, he draped? Pulls up right next to us. I was gonna say, was he draped in, in a Mexican flag? <laughs> no, this guy was making America great again. Oh, let me okay. tell you. As was his NAFTA trophy wife in the passenger seat. Okay. Well, he he pulls up pulls up next to us doing the cop, you know. So we're we're facing one direction, he's facing the other direction. But our you know driver to driver windows are really close together, and he's rolling down his window. So I say to him, my, my buddy who's driving, I said, I said, I think he's trying to talk to you. He rolls in the window. N- never seen this guy before in our life. Uh, the only thing we have in common is that we're in the exact same vehicle. And he says, Hey, you guys want a free season ticket parking pass? My buddy says, yeah, reaches his hand out the window, hands us a pass, and he just points to the right of like exactly where I am. He says, just turn right, right here, which is right next to the media lot. We pull in there. It's got a cone in front of it. It's parking space 188. We wow. pull her in there, and we are set to go watch some baseball. And you're thinking? And we're, we're literally parked about 20 feet probably from where Evan Grant had to park his car. And you're thinking this is uh... – this is it. Nothing could go wrong from this point. It's all, oh, all no, we uphill were, from here. At this point, everything was going good. And, and we, even, we even found great irony in the fact that the only reason we were even in the position we were in was because the Canadian guy wouldn't let us move over. Oh, yeah? So now, here, he's being a jerk to us, and now we've inherited probably a you know, $100-plus parking pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. So at this point... 
if if we had the spirit meter out, it was pegged all the way over to the right. In fact, the dial had broken off the spirit meter. We were ready to go watch some baseball. It's a beautiful day for baseball. We've got the greatest parking space we could possibly imagine for free. And just so randomly, too. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and the most random coincidence of things. So we get out there, um, spend a little bit of time in the concourse, taking it in, get some drinks, go to our seats, and, man, the people, are, everybody around us is pumped. And it's player introductions just amazing man it gives me chills like i'm at the playoffs i'm so excited they yeah. do the national anthem they they uh they play oh canada first which people handled pretty well around us maybe a few boos but nothing too crazy pretty proud of our stadium for handling it we're booing all of canada because of a guy who is not from canada flipped a bat pretty like much 12 pretty months much. ago we, we handled it well well, then they do the U.S. anthem. They they roll out the huge flag that takes up the entire outfield. Cool flyover of an old, you know, an old bomber. He's flying real low over the stadium. Well, at that point, you can't help yourself, but we bust out into the USA chant at this point. Okay. I think that's our, acceptable. Our whole section yeah. is, yeah, and I think the, the, you know, the irony, of course, is that we're playing a team from Canada, and when... Yeah, back in May when the fight took place between two Dominicans, there was a USA <laughs> chant also being issued. It doesn't have hey, it doesn't have to make sense to be fun. Yeah, but don't worry, don't worry about any of that. So, so uh, yeah, we got the USA chant going. Um, first inning rolls around, the crowd's hot. I mean, we're cheering every strike. We're we're standing up when there's two strikes. Uh, Bautista comes up and I mean the place is shaking we're booing him so hard and it's amazing and, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking this could be the greatest day of my life and then everything and, goes south and then yeah and then Ian Desmond uh I, I I mean listen I'm a terrible outfielder I'm not going to criticize him but he definitely he definitely looked from from our vantage point to maybe have gotten the yips about the wall being a little closer than it was and kind of dinosaur armed the fly ball yeah that's kind of what i've read uh, i still it, haven't seen it but yeah and basically the third out of an inning where cole had gotten into some trouble turns into a triple taking the score from two nothing to run which you know extremely manageable i mean they're pitching marco estrada for crying out loud but it takes yeah. it from an manageable two nothing to a five nothing hole and cole's having trouble with his command and then the uh, nice cloud cover we've been enjoying goes away and the sun's right in our face and things start to go downhill after that. Wow. And well, the crowd's quiet, sucks the air out of the stadium. Yeah. The way Estrada was pitching today, it wouldn't have mattered. You're not going to win a whole lot of games with one run. You know, at the time, at the time I thought it might have, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not somebody I live in fear of, but he, he was dealing today. I mean, I, I don't know how many weeks, pop-ups weak contact he got from us today but it was it was his day and you know uh i'm not worried i'm i'm really not i i believe in this team i uh we've got you going tomorrow you know we we win the game tomorrow we go up there and and uh just kick their teeth in in canada and i'm not worried at all so what you're telling me is that a team has come back from a 1-0 deficit before like that's doable i'm telling you that just 
And and wouldn't it be so Rangers to like get to the World Series and have like a negative run differential? Like that's what I really <laughs> want to happen. I, I I told my friend I said I want I want him to win the next three games straight by one run, and then I want him to get to the World Series and be at like about a negative seventeen to twenty run differential and and just tell all those sabermetric guys to suck it. Just all kinds of things that just make no that's, sense. That's whatsoever. just who we are. If we lose, if we lose, we're going to lose. I was a little aggravated with, uh, and I know you didn't watch the game, so we won't get too much into it. I was a little aggravated with with Banny Rooster. Um, I, I agree with him getting Cole out of there early because a couple of things. One is, if the wheels really come off and we're faced with a must-win game in Canada, we can go to him on short rest yep. because he really only threw like forty pitches today. Right. So I'm I'm supporting Banny there. Well, then he brings in Alex Claudio, who actually was great. I mean, he 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 um he really limited the damage. And I know it's playoff baseball, and I think you have to make some tough decisions. But I think at that point, I think Banny's got to say, you know what? I'm sorry, Alex, but you're pitching the rest of the game, or or as much as he can possibly do, because we're only carrying seven in the bullpen, and we've got potentially Cobra and Perez come in where we could need to get there early. And he ends up, you know, rummaging through Barnett and uh, got Diekman in there who was a disaster. And, you know, I, I just didn't like to see him do that. I mean, I feel like, you know, I know he says never, ever quit, but we're, I mean, the game appeared to be about as hopeless of a cause as you could like to see. And I think you got to think bigger picture there, which I don't know that he was necessarily doing. So did any of those other guys work more than one inning? Well, Claudio worked, I think. Well, two I know he or did, three. but but uh, no. Then he kind of went through the to the series of uh, you know one inning work after that. But I don't know. I just hated to see him do it, uh, yeah. especially not knowing what tomorrow was going to hold. Although I'm you know I'm fairly confident in you. But something else did happen at the game. I, I think you're going to get a kick out of. Well, but we had. Um, that guy was sitting behind us. So, <laughs> the guy who uh, goes shirt off for a, a routine fly ball. No, actually, uh, Mr. Baseball was sitting behind us. Oh, no. Only he was the worst Mr. Baseball because, as you know about Mr. Baseballs, they actually get lots of things wrong. But this guy got colossal amounts of information wrong. And he's the most pessimistic fan I've ever seen. And add in a, a healthy dose of extreme criticism of anything that goes wrong and also many references to well I could have done better than that including making the catch Desmond couldn't make oh obviously yeah but this guy was awesome and uh you know I'll, I'll go ahead and say he was a uh, he was one of our Hispanic brothers and sisters uh indeed he spoke spoke the language pretty well at a very high volume too uh and, and it started early so the Bottom of the first, uh, our second batter was Ian Desmond, who he thought was Ian Kinsler, and <laughs> said, I didn't know Kinsler was back on this team. And his buddy that was going there didn't know anything about baseball and just kind of was just kind of giving him the yeah, no, yeah, the whole treatment, the whole game. Right. He uh, was emphatically cheering for a double play when there was two outs later in the game. And... Uh, Went from being the biggest Rangers fan when the national anthem was playing to after the uh, Rangers were down two two run two to zero, pronounced them dead for the whole playoffs. Said we had no chance. Wow, uh, that was over. Uh, when Desmond missed the ball, he said, "I could have easily made that play." You you need to watch the video, but this is not a routine play. This is covering a significant amount of ground, running, trying to catch the ball 
moving towards the wall. And what kind of uh, what kind of athletic shape was this uh, gentleman in? This guy was in the athletic shape of being about 160 pounds, with 20 of that being in the gut area. <laughs> okay, but th- but this guy, like, he's lucky that I'm a pacifist because he never qu- he never ever quit, and and he got more and more pessimistic to where when we got down 7-0, he said, "Is it too late for me to change and start cheering for Toronto?" Well, this is just a flawed individual altogether we've just got to remove this guy from our uh you know our poll or our field of people that we're studying here he doesn't need to be a part of it no he doesn't and it was it was bad enough that you know we had to sit out there and watch my favorite team take a beating it's bad enough that after the game's already over freaking batista hits a home run three run jack yeah that you know, pretty much landed in the general vicinity of where I was sitting. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, what was that? I was going to say at that point it was kind of meaningless. I mean, what's the difference? Seven nothing, ten nothing. Oh, it so, was meaningless, but it's it's still just the principle of the fact that it's him. And yeah. Just me knowing that he's probably going back to the hotel, getting in the hot tub with his soulmate tonight, knowing that he put one over on us. Yeah. Well, there's no science uh, behind this, but. It seems like a lot of times when a team comes out and scores eight, ten runs one night that they come back the next day, they seem to, for whatever reason, struggle to duplicate that effort no matter who's, who who it is against. And they're going to yeah, go up against the, you. so Especially against a crazy Japanese pitcher. I, I feel like w- that we're headed for a <clears throat> very low-scoring three to two type matchup tomorrow where it's going to be it's going to be a nail biter yeah but that's okay because that, that's i think that's where we're in our element yeah may very well be so let's just explore the possibility that they don't win tomorrow still got a shot or are you uh, uh purchasing the the lemon wedge and looping <laughs> looping the belt over the door frame no, I'm 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 not giving up on this team, man. I, if we get drilled tomorrow, I'm still not giving up. I I still I still believe in this team, and uh, until there until there's no more games on the schedule, I'm going to keep believing in this team. Believe me, believe that. Never well, ever I, quit, buddy. Never, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win tomorrow, and I think that there there will be a, a split in Toronto, and then we'll come back for Game Five, and your your old buddy Glenn will be there in person. Behind home plate. Now, have tickets already been secured to this? Yeah, now behind home plate is in the 300 level, but technically, <laughs> yeah, tickets secured and behind home plate. Well, if you find yourself needing an extra person for game five, I may be interested to go out there and try to redeem my subpar playoff experience today. All right, I'll let you know if a ticket were to become available for some reason if anyone in your party comes down with explosive diarrhea hey uh speaking of illness that's a wonderful uh segue so uh i got my flu shot today ah yeah i got mine earlier this week yeah and this is my uh follow the money mention for the week but i got my flu shot this morning and just about like an hour ago all of a sudden i started feeling like i was coming down with something 
Like I'm getting a little body ache, a little little slight scratch throat, just out of nowhere. Now you know there there is a, uh, and it's not the flu per se, but there is kind of a false positive symptom you can get within 24 to 48 hours after getting the shot that kind of goes away. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I don't feel so like. So we'll hold I'm, out a good thought. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't feel like I'm coming down with something just terrible, but like I, I definitely feel worse right now than I did like 90 minutes ago. So anyway, I mean, the flu shot is making me sick. That may be, that may just be a, a weird, uh, hopefully that's just a weird reaction to the flu shot because literally you get sick yeah. more than anybody I know. Well, I don't uh, understand and it. You seem like, you seem like such a virile, healthy, just strong. Wow masculine man how awkward but thank you you're befuddled by odd colds and upper respiratory infections yeah. i just don't understand it and i was standing in line for the flu shot today and somebody was telling me their story about one time they got the flu shot and it gave them the flu and i basically just told them that you know that's impossible that didn't happen that doesn't happen to anybody and here i am 12 hours later flu-like symptoms after getting the flu shot it literally is impossible, though. I uh, yeah. I can assure you that, that you cannot get the flu from the flu shot, but what you can get is kind of feeling achy and, and bad for about a day, but it does go away. Yeah, well, I think that's what I've got, but I think I can I can fight through it. Now, did you uh, Was this a, at work, or did you actually seek this out and pay for this? No, it's at work. We get a freebie at work. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I got a got a freebie. Go down to the old uh, large conference room, get a flu shot. You know. There you go. Same thing here. So uh, it was a fun, fun Twitter uh, weekend this past weekend. I got uh, blocked by somebody on Twitter for the very first time ever. <laughs> so this is pretty. This is pretty big news. Now I I don't know this story. So was this at all to do with politics? Because that seems no. to be the way to get blocked these days. And it started very innocuously. Um, it's not under my uh, my Glenn account. It's under my my other my alias account. And your fake name? Yeah, my fake name account. Okay. And I was just uh, Saturday night. I was just reclining in my. Uh, chair watching the louisville clemson game and just scrolling through twitter and uh i just noticed uh some guy that was in kind of a back and forth with uh the highly esteemed jake kemp about uh oklahoma football and baker mayfield so i was just checking this out and basically this guy was just he's very pro oklahoma and thinks that baker mayfield may be the the greatest quarterback to ever touch a football and there was some debate back and forth with some other people too. And anyway, they were discussing like Big 12 stuff. And all I did was just make the very innocent comment that, you know, we're discussing Big 12 football and Big 12 quarterbacks that maybe Texas Tech's, you know, Pat Mahomes needs to be in this conversation, you know. Um, and the guy, you know, immediately just jumped back with some terrible sports points, which I immediately refuted and then probably added on something with it that the guy didn't like very much. Uh, at some point I was just checking out his profile and like his profile pic was of Baker Mayfield. So oh, I was hoping you were going to say it was of an egg, but no, it was not an egg. He has a, 
He has a human face. So you didn't get blocked by egg. No, he has a human face, but like his picture within his profile or whatever is of Baker Mayfield. But it was was just – it wasn't him with Baker Mayfield. It was just Baker Mayfield. Just Baker Mayfield. So at some point he made some kind of a point, and I just responded back. This ended it on Saturday night. This was the last thing that was mentioned was, uh, you know, I retorted in some way and just said, but, you know, man – Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not a 50-year-old guy who has a 20-year-old male who's not my son as my profile pick. So, you know, maybe you know better than me on this. And it just ended with that. So then, Well, Baker Mayfield's older than 20. Uh, hopefully he came back and told you that. Uh, no, there was no retort whatsoever. So then like 12 hours later, I get a notification and basically, in the stream of conversation, there was some other guy who was like pro Baylor, which was not me, but he got me mixed up with him. So he just mentioned like something to me about Baylor and how they were going to get stomped by OU like they did last year, you know, whatever. And what I should have so done. He pegged you as a Baylor fan. That's interesting. Somehow. Well, first of all, that's why I was most offended. Please do not associate me with Baylor University. But, um,. I guess what I should have responded is, is like, hey, man, you got the wrong guy. And just leave it at that. But I, uh, I'm trying to think of how exactly I responded to it. But I think it was more along the lines of, it seems like you've spent the last 12 hours thinking long and hard about this response. But you got the wrong guy, and I'm the last person who would care about a, uh, the result of a Baylor football game especially a Baylor loss, uh, to that, that he had the very confusing and offensive response of whether I had uh, raped any women the night before and he ended it with, you, Baylor, British cigarette. Whoa. Yeah. So, and, but wait a minute. But he blocked yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, So we'll get to that. So I read so, that. So if you, did, you retorted something worse than what he said? No. All I did was first, it just when I read it, I was like, wow. First off, not only is it offensive, but how dumb is this guy to even put that? I mean, that's, that's out there now. Um, and just put that in writing. I mean, and even though... Like the Twitter handle doesn't have his full name at all. And we'll get to a little more on this. So it's not obvious who he is, but it's also not that hard to figure out exactly who he is. So anyway, he says that and I'm like, what an idiot. Um, but I didn't respond directly to him and like, you know, raise the stakes or all, all anything like that. I basically just quoted, quoted it. And just kind of pointed out to everybody else, just basically like, hey, check this out. This guy looks like he's gotten really mad online for some reason. And then Yeah, it looks like he maybe wants to get fired by his HR department. Tomorrow. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. That gets to our hypothetical. <laughs> um okay. so then I just responded, I asked him if he was mad on the internet and I didn't hear anything, you know, like twenty, thirty minutes go by and I go back and check my phone, I haven't heard anything. So then I just click on his handle and I'm blocked. I'm <laughs> I'm blocked. So I guess and he had deleted uh the offensive tweet. Uh but fortunately you can still get it within my feed and I'd already screenshotted it anyway. So to at little elm rules, I've got this forever. 
screenshots. I'm looking at this guy right now. The wood. Yes, the wood. Screenshots, much like cake, are forever. So I've got it. So, And then it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, you know, detailed detective work for me to track down just via looking at you know maybe his followers and where he apparently lives and and anything and various social media sites so i'm not going to say the specifics on here but i know who the guy is and i know exactly oh, so you've got like a real name on this guy oh yeah i can tell you well, just talk me through i mean for the for the purpose of the show but i'm looking at this screenshot on your feed yeah and it's just a guy's face with not a real name. So how did you get from that to a guy's name? Uh, well, it took a few steps, and it involved the likes of uh, a little bit of Twitter work, a little bit of LinkedIn work, and a little bit of Facebook work. But okay, it didn't take a whole lot of steps. And I know, yeah, I know what the guy's name is. I well, no, I mean, but but talk me through the step here. I mean, what what, what was the first thing you did? You looked at who he's looked, looked at who he follows. I looked at his followers or who follows him. And I okay. found a follower that had him in their profile picture. And that, and that guy okay. has a full name and he has a Facebook page. Okay. And things start to connect because that guy works for a company okay. somewhere. And then that company can be searched and then you can find connections, okay. and then all of a sudden... And does he work for that company as well? He works for a different one, but but they were... It was connected, and then eventually you find a first and last name, and you find a, uh, uh, a position at a company in a near the DFW city, so... I guess the... Interesting, and is this a... Is this like a... I'm, I don't want to offend anyone that but a real company that ha would have like an HR department or is this like an a air conditioning repair company that has his name as the name of the business? No, uh, it's a, the guy works in sales for some kind of a, it looked like some kind of like a, not an auto parts company, but I'd have to go back and look at it again. But He's a salesman. Blue collar, blue collar enough that they probably aren't going to worry about him calling you a British cigarette. Maybe not, but therein lies our hypothetical or our, uh, our what should be done, you know, at this point. Because the first option is just at this point, just leave it alone. It's not anything that, while it's obviously offensive and it's stupid, but I'm not sitting here seething about it. I cannot think about it the rest of my life, and I'll be just fine. Or I've tracked down who this company is. I've tracked down some uh, contact information for their corporate office. Do we go ahead and uh, send a sternly worded email and say, hey, you let all your employees talk like this online and just kind of see what happens? Wow. Now, I will tell you, uh, in the position that I work, I actually have been on the receiving end of a few of those anonymous screenshots of, hey, just thought you might like to know what uh, somebody that works for you said online and have been privy to some of the most unbelievably racist things I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, on personal Facebook pages of alleged employees. And actually, w one time it turned out to uh, not even be an employee. But anyways, uh, you know, I can tell you that... Uh, you know, in my position, we take those things pretty serious. Those get investigated by HR. That's not just a uh, email that gets deleted. If uh, if somebody brings that to our attention, we uh, we look into it. Yeah, 
So, and I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing is if you just let it go, you're almost uh, not encouraging that type of behavior, but you're just saying, ah, it's no big deal that somebody talks like that, you know, uh, especially in that. Yeah, but I mean, I do feel like that guy, I mean, the, um, the anus is on him here because you were just engaged in a, you know, somewhat playful, somewhat, you know, trollish sports debate and uh you know he took it nuclear real fast for no apparent reason and put it out there for everybody on the internet to see i mean this is not you know this is a pretty big mistake that he's made and i you know i don't know if it's one that he needs to get away with to be honest with you i don't know i'm gonna have to think about this i don't know it's it's out there i don't know maybe we can get listener feedback too yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting some listener feedback on this because that really is an interesting conundrum. Because I feel like you could really, you could really argue both points. Because on one hand, you you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be able to get away with talking like that. Right. But on the other hand, I mean, how would you feel if this poor guy? We don't know anything about him. If he's got kids, a wife, he's the sole breadwinner, and. Yeah, that I thought he about get, that he's, too. He's drunk online one night and makes a horrible mistake that he deletes very shortly after. But due to your incredible detective work, which by the way, tip my hat to you on that. Uh, but then you, you know, you're you end up, you know, costing him his job, costing him, you know, a chance to provide for his kids. You know, who knows? You know, ten or fifteen years down the road, where they end up because of you. I think it puts you in a really difficult position. Or he's just a, a significant gun owner. And I'm just like walking across the 24-hour fitness park parking lot one morning and I'm just hit by a sniper who's just, you know, scoping me out from his trunk. Not mean you joke, but I mean, you know, obviously uh, you found him. He's not going to have a hard time finding you if he if it does trace back to you. Um if he puts it together, which I'm sure he will, because it tweet was at you. Yeah. That's and, true. Uh, you know, I mean, then you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, was it worth potentially putting myself in danger or, or escalating a situation just to get the last laugh on a guy? I wish that I wish that you weren't blocked because I wish there was some way you could send him a uh, direct message and just just uh, freak him out a little bit, you know, mention his company or, or something just to see see how he takes it. Yeah, but, I don't know. I, but I'm trying to put myself in those shoes, and I would never. I mean, I say I would never. I don't think I would ever. I I think I uh, I'm well grounded enough. But I do I do from time to time say and uh, occasionally write things that I probably shouldn't. You know, nothing nothing terrible. But there's you know there's things I've said I'd obviously like back. Many of them on the show. Just <laughs> why I love being able to edit the episode before we post it. True. But yeah, you know, if 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 I did something thought about it for five minutes and said oh man that was bad deleted it you know i probably want to do over you know i i think i'd want a a little a little leniency a little grace probably right hmm well life is full of tough decisions i suppose this is just this is just one of them i screenshot every text message you send me though i'm just building a file Oh man! Like uh, even like the, Cruz Pesuela in the Shield. I'm I'm gonna have the uh, just the box of secrets on you one day, and wow. when things are when you, things are really not going well, I'm just gonna kind of pull the car up there, pop the trunk, pull it out, and 
just the uh, the night the night before my presidential debate in like the year that's right twenty thirty six. Just gonna let let you know let you know that I could ruin you. Wow, I've got the cell phone video, man. And probably this guy that blocked me on Twitter is gonna be helping you out. And if I'd have just if I would have just sent that in, it would have ruined him forever. Well, you know, I do feel like, um, it again, I don't, I don't want to influence you on what to do because ultimately this is a big decision and I don't want to say anything here that's going to ultimately lead to you being in any kind of trouble. But you do have one interesting card to play, which is that you have another Twitter account that we use for the show, your real identity. And you know this guy's Twitter handle. So you could put something out there on Twitter that he would see. That's true. That's true. And I haven't really, I've actually, I don't think the detective work would take quite a bit to connect your fake identity with your real identity. No, that's almost the bit that it's the most obvious thing of all time. Yeah. So I'm just saying that is, that is a possibility. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Well, let's uh, let's move on to something more important. If in fact there is anything. Well, that was pretty. That was a pretty interesting hypothetical. It got me thinking. I've yeah. I've, uh, kind of done a done a one eighty on that. Now I kind of think you probably shouldn't do anything. But. <laughs> All right. But more for your safety too, though. I I think. But yeah. But yeah. Well, that was. This thought provoking, Glenn. That was thought provoking content for our show. Yeah. Let's get away from that. Let's get into uh, what's going on this weekend, which. You'll probably be destroying more brain cells than anything else. Shoot, I'll tell you what, man. After uh, after having to pay to go to an event out in the sun today, where things did not go my way, the next three days, I I know things are going to go my way. So I'm happy. Nice. I'm headed down to beautiful, sunny Austin, Texas, for the uh, ACL Music Festival. I couldn't be more excited. So who's on the uh, big names on the lineup? Who are you looking forward to? Well, the at the very at the very top of the bill, I'm not as excited. Uh, Radiohead's playing, but I think we kind of talked about this. I that was that's not really my speed. Yeah. Um, at the very top of the bill, um, you know, Mumford and Sons is playing Sunday night. I'm real excited about that. Okay. Surely you know who that is. I know who that is. Yes, they play banjos. Okay, yeah. So I've. Uh, yeah, yeah, they play banjos. They uh, they rock pretty hard. Uh, you know, a little bit, you know, further down the bill, there where there's a band I think you are familiar with, the Cold War Kids, right? You know them. I've heard of that name before, yeah. Yeah, um, Band of Horses is playing. Uh, actually, I'll be seeing them um, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, which that'll be great. Um, Major Laser, any idea? Um, okay. Those aren't the guys that pretend to be German and did the did the intro for Norm show. That's not the same one. <laughs> no. That's laser. So. Oh, this is major laser. Major laser. What about Cage the Elephant? Are you familiar I'm with I'm very familiar with the band and that phrase. Uh <laughs> There's a uh, a friend of mine that went they the ACL festival, they do the same thing. They do it two weekends, but it's the, the same essentially the same bill, a few small changes, but but he uh I was talking to him yesterday. He said he said Cage the Elephant was one of the best things he saw all weekend. And he's he's not necessarily even, you know, he was probably more out there to see some of the uh, more mainstream 
acts and especially things that skew country and he ended up being real impressed with cage elephant had a great time yeah i think if i was uh headed down there that would be that'd be the band that's at the top of my list uh so that'll be uh saturday um couple of dance music acts uh the chain smokers and then uh kygo i'm out you said dance and music so i'm out automatically well wife's a little more excited about that we've got uh rah rah riot on uh on sunday pete yorn you know pete yorn right um singer songwriter i think only because uh that lady that lives with you has mentioned him before yeah we've We've seen him a few times. Uh, Mike Snow, M I I K E. Mike uh, Snow. Yes, I know that name, but I, I don't know Mike if I know any Mike does that does that with his Twitter handle as a tribute to Mike Snow, which is a band, not a guy, by the way. Oh, okay. Shows how uh, unfamiliar but, I am. But I think that extra I, uh, Mike Saroy employs that, and then uh, yeah, and then Young the Giant, who I'm sure you know who they are, right? No idea. Oh my gosh. Does he play tailback or right field? What kind of giant is he? <laughs> so I always got to go back to sports with you. Yeah, hey. That's our category technically. But, but yeah, things go things go well for me the next 3 days. I'll be uh spending a lot of time listening to music I enjoy and uh looking at young women just praying that my daughter never gets any older than she is right now, which is <laughs> one. So is this like a uh, sun up to sundown thing every day, or just you know? Not quite. I it it starts uh, at noon every day, and then goes till I think it goes till about ten o'clock. Uh, one of the things I like about this, and I think most festivals are this way, but it, it's extremely organized. Okay, that's they good. hit their they hit their marks for start and stop times. Like there's it doesn't matter who you are. I think Pearl Jam may be the only band, and they were the last act that actually played past their allotted time because I think there's curfews in play because they're actually at a, you know, public park True. in downtown. And, and I mean, it, there's no, there's no, uh, I mean, cause you, you've been to a ton of concerts. There's none of this standing around building anticipation. I mean, it's like when it hit, when if they say you're going on at four, when the clock strikes four, you're walking on the stage. There's, there's no pomp and circumstance. There's no, messing around and when your set's over it's over and what's good is you know a lot of these bands are playing you know 55 0 minute sets which you know when you're standing and you're seeing a band that maybe doesn't have a real deep catalog it's the perfect amount of time to see a band to kind of get a flavor for them you right. hear their hits there's not really any lulls in the show and then you're off and on to the next one so and there uh, are and it's, it's i was gonna it's say there great. are obviously multiple stages yeah, there, I think there's eight or nine stages okay. this year spread out across this park. And it, it sounds, the walking part of it sounds worse than it really is. It's really well designed and they they stagger it in a way that, you know, you're not, you know, they, they stagger in a way to keep the crowds spread out as best they can. The only time that it gets dicey is at night for the headliners because they have both the, the, the headliners going at the same time and they're basically on opposite ends of the park. Okay. But usually what will happen is one of the headliners is obviously going to be a, a bigger draw than the other one. And they usually keep it where one of them is, is a different enough 
genre of music that you you know you can get some people over there so you're not having to choose you know like they wouldn't play radiohead and mumford against each other they have you know radiohead i think playing against a you know a rap guy or something you know to where or a dance guy so so where you you can kind of separate the crowd some but the invariably there's always going to be one where the majority of the people are there for that one so that's my concern about Mumford is I, I heard that that was, that was kind of the worst example, which is, is basically like, we're going to be, we're going to be standing a half mile away from the stage. Probably. Right. Right. So during the day, if they've got eight stages, I mean, are there bands playing on all those throughout the entire day? Yeah. Yeah. Just not at the same time, you know, they, okay. they never, there, there'll always be an hour break between stages, but yeah, I mean, and one of the things that's cool is like, if you get there early, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, especially by the later in the festival, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, it takes its toll on you. It's a lot of standing, a lot of being out in the sun, you know, depending on how well you hydrate. Yeah. You, you, you well know from our trip to, uh, Baltimore that, you know, you need to make some sound decisions on hydration and alcohol intake, but no, if you get there early, I mean, you can, you can get really close and see some, some, you know, younger, more up and coming bands. Uh, you know, it's awesome, you know, and, and, and they do a really good job. I mean, I don't know who the corporate entity is that, that puts the entire bill together. I mean, you know, it's probably a hundred plus bands over the course of three days, right? but they do a great job of, you know, you, you'll see somebody at noon or two o'clock and then two years from now they'll be huge and you'll go, wow you know, I, how did that happen? And we saw, you know, we were standing right in front of the stage and, you know, saw them with a few hundred people and now they're, you know, now they're selling out big venues, which is cool. I mean, they, it's, it's amazing how they do that. And obviously it's run really well because there are never any, there's never any real shortage of big names either. They're always able to get one or two just huge bands to, to headline it. Oh yeah. I mean, no. And I mean, and really, I mean, and I know you're, you're, taste of music's a little different but i mean if you look at the this is a really strong bill top to bottom. i mean even they even got willie nelson out there playing a set which is hilarious but and and they they do enough where they you know they've got kendrick lamar is out there okay um, this year i mean they've got they don't do any kind of pop but you know they they have some country influence they definitely have some hip a little bit of hip-hop dance music a lot of rock and roll i mean it's a rock festival but you know, they even have they even have a stage with like kids performers. So, if you're one of the few people that's dumb enough to bring kids out there, you even have somewhere to take them. <laughs> oh, and you know, I didn't even get into this, but uh, you know, another another good selling point for us because we, you know, this is a vacation for us. Is you know, every cool local Austin restaurant that's anything has a has either a food truck or a tent out there. So oh, the, very nice. The eating you do out there is incredible. Well, and obviously it's held in an awesome area and an awesome city, so that doesn't yeah that doesn't hurt. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's got a, just a rep, a real good like it, it's hard to explain uh, until you go out there. But you know, you think like man, it'd be a beating to be out because I think they they pull about seventy to seventy five thousand people for each weekend. So right. when you think about just the huge huge mass of humanity but it's such a good i mean i don't know how they i don't know how they exactly do it but it's such a good natured crowd and i mean i didn't see i mean we were out there for three days and to see no fights nothing nothing that would make you feel like man this is dicey this is uncomfortable everybody's in everybody's just in a good mood you know they 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 uh 
it's kind of like this kind of communal cool thing going on out there. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds a little more uh, sophisticated than the the first festival I ever went to was Lollapalooza in '96, which they didn't <laughs> they didn't have in Austin or in Dallas. For whatever reason, they had it in Ferris, Texas, which is like <laughs> 45 south of, I don't know if that's south of Ennis or if it's a little north of Ennis, if it's in between Dallas and Ennis, but it was basically just out in a giant field in the middle of nowhere, which looked kind of cool driving up to it, but it's pretty uh, pretty spare. And those porta potties got used and abused really quickly by the thousands of people that were there that day. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's uh, is that like being on the diarrhea cruise, kind of? Uh, kind. Of, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't have anything to compare it to at the time, and I was only eighteen, so I didn't really care just being at something like that so you probably in thought it was awesome right you just you just thought it was killing it right oh i thought it was great it wasn't until looking back and going to several other festivals in the years and years to follow that i was like man that one was really just kind of half-assed put together and i think it was <laughs> i think it was the last year i could be wrong on this i know that the before it just became just a one one-time show i guess it's in chicago i think the next year was the last year that Lollapalooza actually did like a big tour where they went to like 8 10 12 cities or whatever so this was one of the last years of that when it was kind of starting to fall apart a little bit ah because i went so in do you remember remember who all you saw there um it was the premier acts and the reason that i went was it was soundgarden and metallica were the ah, yes. the big headliners and um, yeah, which I mean, Lollapalooza was supposed to be more of a I don't know if indie indie band kind of theme, but you know maybe not the very mainstream or widely known, except for you know I mean they had like Pearl Jam and the Chili Peppers when they first started the festival, but they were pretty new at that point. Uh, yeah, I think those that were just fans of Lollapalooza weren't too enthused about the choice of Metallica as the the main headliner. <laughs> but that was the reason that I was there uh that day. The only other thing I remember was that they had a uh at every city in this show or this tour, they had a mystery act that they literally did not announce or have on the bill until the group individual or whatever walked out on the stage. And what a bit. Yeah. And for whatever reason um, and you can imagine the kind of crowd that's there for the two main bands. The whole rumor was, and that this mystery act would come out like in the middle of the day. The whole rumor was that it was going to be Rage Against the Machine. Like everybody that was there was convinced that's who it was going to be. So where would that rumor start pre-social media? Uh, just word of, I don't know where it started before, you know, the day of the concert, but just word of mouth, like from we got there, uh, like, when the very first band went on, which is dumb because we just didn't know any better to like maybe wait two or three hours in, <laughs> let three or four bands play that you don't care about before you get there, but you live and learn. But um, yeah, so that was just the rumor by word of mouth. And then here we go. They're setting up something up there. A lot of people think it's going to be Rage Against the Machine. 
And who walks out but Steve Earle. <laughs> and he proceeds to play a nice, you know, 30 to 40 minute set to a loud chorus of booze and <laughs> a lot of food and plastic bottles and stuff just being thrown on the stage just in protest of we don't need you here. <laughs> we don't need you. Yeah, and I I didn't even know who it was. I wasn't really, I mean, I guess I was disappointed, but I was just kind of like whatever. I was more just taking in the fact that this crowd was just rebelling against a guy. What did he do? All he did was just show up to, you know, play a little guitar and sing. It's not his fault. But yeah, I mean, that that was probably my first experience and then oh gosh just concert experiences in general and festivals and stuff that has to be a completely separate episode because i've got thinking about that a little bit before this i've got um a few stories from festivals and then one particular story that i thought of from uh a show i went to um visiting a friend in, in lubbock and a very popular metal band of the late 90s uh that's near and dear to uh my heart and the heart of the dallas area went to see them and uh i guess pre their set something happened in that building that i saw that i'll never forget so that'll have to be a a tease for a future episode because yeah it's just too much i want to do that episode because i i've got a uh i mean i i've got a couple of stories i've got a, a Kings of Leon story that's pretty good. Yeah. Before they were famous in, in Deep Ellum probably, gosh, 12 years ago now. Oh, very nice. Uh, that, that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, we need to do, we need to do a, because uh, I, I would want to spend some time, but concert, bands you've seen kind of episode, I think that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. All right. And who knows, maybe something will happen to me in the next three days that we can cap off that episode with. See? There you go. It all it all connects when you're a professional and you know what you're doing. So we got anything maybe else? That be the, uh, maybe that should be the uh, closing line of your email to the HR department. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll probably end up drafting that and then just have the have the mouse just hovering over send and just like should I or should I not? <laughs> I don't know. If anybody listens to this and has any feedback or yeah, or advice, feel free to, to reach out, tweet at me, and let me know. Do it, or what are you thinking? You're an idiot. Just uh, whatever you got for us. So, Glenn, is there anything else we need to get into in this episode? I don't think so. I think that wraps up episode 19, and uh, I guess next week we'll have uh, – We'll have an ACL recap, at least a little bit of it, and we'll keep our yeah, fingers we'll crossed. Know a lot more about <laughs> see how our Rangers predictions turned out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, hopefully, our fingers crossed. We'll have a nice uh, Rangers ALCS preview for everybody. If not, then I don't know. Maybe there won't ever be an episode twenty. Yeah, maybe we'll just play live on-air Russian roulette. Hey, I don't know if we could take up an hour, but. I'm not crossing it off the list. I wouldn't cross anything off the list at this point, sir. All right. Well, you right, well, you get work drafting that email, and we'll see everyone uh, next week. All right. Have fun at the concert. <laughs>